This is the Health, Hope, and Healing Podcast. If you've ever wondered if there was more to life, if you find yourself yearning for connection, more purpose, more fulfillment, you're in the right place. We believe God dreamed more for you when he dreamed the dream of you. So this is an invitation, an invitation for you to take your next step into all Jesus did for you on the cross, all that's available here and now. So come on, let's step in and maybe it's time to step up. Well, welcome to the podcast, the podcast of Health, Hope, and Healing. My name is Brady Daniel, and it is a pleasure to get to be with you today. Uh, if this is your first time, welcome. Uh, if you have listened before, welcome back. We're so glad you are here. This is the podcast where we talk about all things helpful, all things hopeful, and all things healing. This month, we have been talking about relationships, uh, especially marriages, and how do we take a step? How do we acknowledge where we are by acknowledging where we want to be? and continue and taking those steps. A lot of times we sit there and say, why don't we ever get to where we want to be? A lot of times we actually acknowledge just where we want to be, the goals. Brady, it's about goals and goal settings. Okay. If that's only where our focus is, then can we miss the steps that we're taking along the way and actually see the ground that we have gained? But if we're only looking at the goals, then we don't actually acknowledge where we've been and where we are and all the wins along the way, then can indifference hit the mind and apathy of the body? Absolutely. And as a result of that, it's almost to the point where we can sit down in the middle. We sit down after attempting to move forward to the goals because we're not where we want to be and we're only assessing where we're not. And because of that, indifference hits the mind, apathy of the body, and we sit down. So as we continue to look at the goals that you've set for your marriage, for your relationship with your spouse, what are they? Fantastic. As we acknowledge those, and you may be, Brady, I don't even know what those are. That's okay. The challenge is to not stay in this place of not knowing. Uh, It's not putting pressure upon ourselves that we don't know what those goals are, but it's not also putting pressure upon ourselves. Why? Because pressure can do one of two things. It can either squeeze good things in us out, or it can create the opportunity of the dynamic of putting pressure in us on the inside, creating cortisol, creating stress, creating anxiety, anger, all those different complexities. And so the idea of not allowing yourself to be pressurized, but to extent of saying, hey, where would I like to get to? Hey, where do I want to be? Fantastic. That's amazing. That's where I want to go. Great. Where am I? And if that's where I want to go and this is where I am, then what is a step that I can take today that step by step, day by day, precept upon precept that eventually I can get there as I continue to keep my eyes on him, as he continues to fall, as calling me into that place, as I continue to follow him. And as a result of that day by day and acknowledging the wins, why? Because acknowledging wins allows us to create expectations, creates anticipation, creates hope. We hear it within scriptures, faith, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest is, uh, is love. Absolutely. But hope made the list. We assess a lot on hope and or hopelessness. And so the idea of hope is important. And so the idea as we can assess and acknowledge and celebrate the wins that we are taking each and every step, each and every day, regardless of how small or how big they are, that as a result of that, we can actually get closer to where we want to be. So as we have thought about the idea of talking about relationships, marriages specifically, the idea of talking about validation validation. And a lot of times the idea is validating. It doesn't have to mean agreement. 
And a lot of times it doesn't, even though it can. Uh, validation is recognition. I see you. I hear you. I understand. Well, Brady, isn't it easier to validate what we agree with? Absolutely. But if we only validate what we agree with, then as a result of that, we will miss and may miss the opportunity of validating our spouse significantly. And if we miss the opportunity of validating them, then what does that communicate if we reverse engineer that to the core of our greatest need? Well, if we miss the opportunity of validating, then then the other person can interpret that as a lack of acceptance and interpret that as a rejection. And as a result of that, may feel less loved and or not loved at all. And so the dynamic of, of this is we can see the importance of validation. Week two, we talked about the idea of appeasement versus compromise. The idea of acknowledging what's in us and acknowledging that and owning that and giving voice to that, which is very powerful, and actually communicating that to our spouse so that, therefore, they know what it is that we desire, what we want. And as a result of that, guess what? Two powerful individuals, a powerful husband needs a powerful wife. A strong husband needs a strong wife. A powerful wife needs a powerful husband. A strong wife needs a strong husband. And in that power and in that strength, they assimilate in to represent his power and his strength. And it's not about elevating one over the other. And we hear this within the complexities of happy wife, happy life. Well, Brady, you're just anti-women. No, I'm really not. I'm not at all. To the extent of me loving my wife and having a daughter that I love, to the extent of wanting all marriages to be reflective based upon who God is in them. Why is it that they're being attacked? Why is it they're being impacted? And the dynamics of things that we really feel like are good in context, the application of that is really causing a lot of demise and a lot of pain within the, the dynamic of a marriage. And what we know about pain is that from a cellular level, we move away from it. And so if this is what's taking place within marriages because we feel like we're doing something that's a benefit, but it's causing pain, then as a result of that, time and time and time again, you can look across your spouse and saying, man, you are the problem. This is not working. Why? Because if it was, I wouldn't be feeling this way. We wouldn't have this much pain. It shouldn't be this difficult. So we looked at validation. We looked at appeasement. Now today, we're looking at this idea of pouring what's in us out. Pouring what's in us out. And we look at the dynamic of how God is the God of awareness. And God will stop at nothing to make sure that you're aware of what's in you that isn't supposed to be there. Whether that's a word, whether that's a friend uh, uh, speaking into your life, even to the extent of when you go to sleep, the idea of your conscious going to rest and that your unconscious comes alive to the extent of, wow, Brady, I had this dream and I keep having this dream and I don't know why. Maybe it's bad pizza. I love how we can automatically go to pizza. Maybe. Or maybe it's the idea of God constantly put, poking at this area so that you can actually be consciously aware to engage your will to invite him into that place to invite his peace, his patience, his goodness, his kindness, his faithfulness, all of who he is. And as a result of him being immersed in that place, then the opportunity of you being able to get it out. And that's what we're talking about, this opportunity of pouring what's in us out, getting it out. Because if it remains in, then as a result of that, it's going to cause impact. It's going to cause devastation. Why? Because there are things that pain can produce, that pain can assimilate in, that as a result of that, it can cause impact that can cause impact. There's a scripture that says, give and it will be given unto you. Press down, shaking together, overflowing. Well, God, the giver, gave whom? His son. And as a result of that, uh, him being assimilated in, it's it's his peace, his patience, his goodness, his kindness, his speaking identity over us, his speaking transformation, uh, uh, destiny and purpose over us. And the enemy will look at that and say, ooh, I like that. 
If I can get pain in him, then pain pressed down, pain shaking together, pain overflowing in every part of who they are, especially where their marriage. And as a result of that, again, we lean in from a cellular level to things that are loving and accepting. And we lean away from things that are painful and rejecting. And so if this is happening on a daily basis, the opportunity of experiencing pain, then how long can we actually hold on to one another before we actually start doubting the possibility of why we should be together? Or we sit there and we let go of this dream of that marriage is supposed to be amazing. Well, Brady, there's difficulties in that. Yeah, well, anything of amazement can, can, can have difficulties. But the opportunity is, do we just continue to survive because we believe that's what we're supposed to do? Or can we actually thrive? Well, Brady, how? And there's, there's two scriptures that I really want us to focus on, the dynamic of really from the standpoint of how do we pour things out? And it's really the dynamic of understanding that God is the God of awareness, and he's constantly poking at us to allow those things that have been repressed to come to the conscious and, and so that we can engage our will, say, God, you're right, come in. Because as we invite him in, then the opportunity of us pouring those things out, all that negative energy, pouring it out, giving it to him. So that little by little, by little by little, we can get those things out. Because if they're in us, they can cause pain. And if they cause us pain, we can associate that pain with whom? And a lot of times it's with our spouse. And so how much of the time can we go through life experiencing pain before we start questioning the relationship that we're actually in? And so in this, it's early on within the book of Genesis, the idea of two brothers uh, coming uh, that God had called asking for an offering. One brought what what is what, what was his best. The other one brought what he had left over. And as a result of that, uh, God rejected the brother that brought only what was left, what he had left. And as a result of that, in a way I kind of have it envisioned, um, correct me if I'm wrong, is that he kind of went away, kind of upset because he felt like God rejected him. But God didn't. He rejected his offering. And as a result of that, God comes to him and says, why are you so angry? It's interesting that anger is the first emotion that God addresses outside of the fall of mankind. Does that communicate something to maybe to us? I'll just leave that there for you to, to decide. But the dynamic of that, he didn't say you couldn't be angry or shouldn't be angry. And, and as we sit there and dissect the question that God's asking this brother, we sit there and say, God knows everything. So why is he asking this question? Not for his benefit, but for the brother, for the individual that's experiencing this. Why? Because God wants us to be aware. And if we can acknowledge that awareness, then as a result of that, we can own that awareness. We can allow the mind to turn inward and validate the body so that therefore the two can become one and we can actually invite God into what it is that we're experiencing. And I believe that that's exactly what God wanted for this brother named Cain. The idea of God, you're right, I am angry. Will you come into this? And I believe that as a result of that, the, the, the outlook of that story could have been differently. But it wasn't. And as a result of that, sin sits at your door and knocks, as God says. Now, again, you can read the rest of the story that the individual didn't process it with God. And as a result of that, allowed that pain to be expressed and impacted his brother, impacted his mom, impacted his dad, and impacted his life significantly because of harboring, allowing something to continue to remain in because of an interpretation based upon an event. And as we fast forward, there's a dynamic after we understand the idea of awareness is crucial. The dynamic of how we become aware to the extent of what we do, we actually acknowledge it so that we can we can invite God in and we can pour it out. There's a story in 1 Samuel where it talks about a lady by the name of Hannah. And in this in the context of this, guess what? Women at that time, guess what? They wanted to be moms. 
And, and, and in that time, men, males, boys actually had significance during that time. And so as a result of that, this woman wanted to be a mom and for whatever reason couldn't. So the dynamic of this, as we read, is that she became uh, bitter of soul. It says in scripture that she became bitterness of soul that I guess what in her mind and the way that she was thinking and the will of what she was contemplating and or choosing in her emotions that there was significant bitterness because of what she was experiencing. And if you continue to read what happens is the idea that guess what she pours what's in herself out to the extent that the 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 priest actually thought that maybe she had been partaking in something that she hadn't of. But the idea that that the next day. Guess what? She arose early in the morning and worshiped before God. The idea of constantly putting what's what's in us before God, continuing to pour it out so that it doesn't remain in all the good, all the bad, and all the other, if I can say it that way. And then it says that uh, as a result of that, that her husband knew his wife, and, and, and because of that, she became pregnant, not only pregnant with anybody, but Samuel of all people. And for those that, that are believers, we understand the importance of Samuel within Scripture. So, Brady, what's the point? The idea that when we experience pain, the opportunity of impact comes in. The mind attempts to try to create a defense mechanism by looking outward, by trying to get the body to be uh, unaware of the dynamic that something's off, that something's come in that wasn't part of the original design. And because of that, it becomes repressed. The whole shaking together, shake, uh, push down, shaking together kind of dynamic. And as a result of that, anxiety, anger, uh, stress, pressure, cortisol, all these different complexities can take place. And as a result of that, the individual that we do life with that potentially has stepped on our toes, because when we do life with one another, it's not if we step on each other, uh, other's toes, it's, it's, it's when and to what level of intensity and how often. And if these different opportunities are taking place on a daily basis and pain has the opportunity of assimilating in, then the idea of us becoming bittered in our soul or another complexity that's impacting us significantly internally, that's impacting the way that we think, it's impacting the way that we are contemplating choice and or what we are choosing and impacting the way that we're feeling can significantly take root to the point of like for Hannah to be able to pour that out before God. To pour that out before God as a result of praying, breathing, journaling, uh, tapping, emotional freedom technique, as a result of constantly putting ourselves before God and saying, God, what has come in me because of this relationship? Well, Brady, that seems very pessimistic. Well, hopefully what it comes across is very realistic because, again, if we constantly do life with each other and by doing life with each other, we have the opportunity of stepping on each other's toes. And this is happening not just once a day, but maybe multiple times. And, and because of that is the interpretation, just as we read, when we experience something of pain, the way that we interpret it, the way that we receive it can create impact as it was with Cain. But the opportunity is that we hang on to that. And if we do, then how are we seeing our spouse? How are we associating that pain and with whom? Typically our spouse. And so if we lean away from pain, then how long do we continue to experience pain from that individual, whether that was their intentionality and or not, before we constantly say, you know what, enough's enough. But the idea of acknowledging, guess what that hurt got? God, I am hurt. Will you come in? Breathe in, breathe out, pour it out before God. God, I am angry. God, I am frustrated. God, I'm tired. God, I am whatever it may be, acknowledging and owning it and inviting God into whatever it is. I'm angry. God, will you come in? And the idea, God, I release this unto you. Big breath in, breath, big breath out. 
if, if that's the way that you choose to, to emote, but it's about the dynamic of getting what is the potential of coming in out. Why? So that it doesn't continue to be associated with your spouse. Why? Because if, if we're constantly being having our toes stepped on, and those, those toes being stepped on is associating with pain, and that pain has an attempt to coming in, and we're associating that with our spouse, then how are we seeing our spouse over the long term? Are we seeing them based upon how God sees them? Are we seeing them based upon, well, uh, uh, context and what they meant? Brady, those things, we should see God, uh, our spouse in the way God created them. Absolutely. And, and in the beginning, as we're, as we're getting to know each other, when toes are stepped on, we sit there and say, well, they didn't mean that. We give context or uh, proposed context, what we anticipate or hope was the rationale why they stepped on our toe. But over time, that can get pushed out. And all we can feel is what's been repressed and what just took place and how what took place actually just validated everything within us from a negativity standpoint. And because of that, we understand that pain cycles energy backwards and make us think in old ways and believe in old ways. It makes us doubt truth and makes us question our identity, destiny, and purpose. And because of that, the idea of moving forward with our spouse, it can be difficult, not impossible, but difficult when we're constantly harboring all this negative energy. So what does it look like by acknowledging? By acknowledging before God, because God is constantly the God of awareness, and he's wanting us to come into awareness of what's come in to this container, to this body that's creating impact, that's creating impact interpersonally, that's creating impact from a relationship standpoint so that we can acknowledge and own and or repent. God, you're right. I have this in me. Will you come in so that I can pour it out? One of the ways I like to do, whether you like this and or not, is actually writing out a letter. God, thank you for today because today is your gift. Today, God, this is what happened because of that. And what I do is I like to pour out what's in me on this page. And then afterwards, I like to read it before God. Take a deep breath in and deep breath out. And then I like to shred that piece of paper. And then after I've done that, then what I like to do is, is remind myself who God says that I am. God, you're right. I'm a son. I'm a son. I'm a son. I'm a son. I'm your son. I'm your son. I'm your child. I'm your child. Over and 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 over again. Why? Because it it correlates with the idea of Joshua 1.8. If you meditate on my law day and night, therefore you shall be successful and prosperous according to the NIV. And so the dynamic of that is how do we want marriages to be successful? And the dynamics of when we feel pain, what is that pain producing? And what is it creating in us? And as a result of that, how are we leaning? Are we leaning in or away because of the pain? And then that dynamic, if that pain is associating in, then it's allowing us to question love and how we see them and how the potential is that we believe that they see us. And because of that, we may be looking for an escape plan. And all the while, God's asking us, just pour it out. Pour it out. Pour out all the emotions, pour out all the thoughts, pour out all the energy attached with those emotions and all the thoughts. Why? Because as you get it out, creates more room for him. And because of that, the dynamic of us being able to walk in true and fullness of love takes place because we're constantly pouring out the pain that we've experienced, the pain that we may be experiencing in the moment, and we're allowing it to be processed in him through him so that we can continue to see our spouse the way that he sees them 
and being able to be operational because of that. So as we think about this, the idea of pouring out what's in us, sitting before God and saying, God, what's in me was never a part of your original design. And as he speaks to you, as he reveals that to you, acknowledge it. You're right, God, that's in me. So that therefore, as we continue to write it down, as we continue to acknowledge it, then we are at a place of being able to pour it out just as Hannah was. And if you read the scripture, what does it take that Hannah actually was able to receive the blessing that God wanted for her? But some could could, could interpret that pain uh, and the bitterness of her soul actually inhibited the opportunity of her receiving what it was that God wanted for her because God wants great things for her. And she received, and God wants good things for you as well. And not only God wants good things for you, God wants good things for your marriage. But could pain be inhibiting the opportunity for us to experience that and to continue to experience that? So as we learn to validate, as we learn to compromise, can we learn to pour out all the negative energy within us if there is that because of being having our toes stepped on and the opportunity of being able to see our spouse in the way that they are designed and created so that they have the opportunity of seeing us in the way that we were designed and created as we continue to do life together so that not only are we do we have to survive but that we can actually have a marriage that is thriving and it's based in health Hope and healing as God is all things healthy. God is all things hopeful. God is on all things healing. Thank you for listening. We speak health, hope, and healing over you. For more information, visit our website at integratedcnw.com.